This is Jewish Board Talk with Cherie Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. While at Limwood recently, I attended a talk by Harriet Gershon and Nimrod Giva from Quizzical Pictures, one of South Africa's leading film and television production houses. They spoke then about the behind-the-scenes making of the extremely popular show, The Girl from St. Agnes. Nimrod is the head of development at Quizzical Pictures and, among other things, is responsible for shows such as MTV Sugar and Down South and Diamond City. He's also the co-chairperson of the Independent Producer Organization and joins me now to tell me what is happening in the industry. Nimrod, welcome and thank you so much for joining me. Hi, Cherise. It's great to be here. Um, it seems like, in a way, you have the ideal job, um, producing and making films and TV programs. But maybe we can start off by looking at how the industry has changed over the years. You started off at the SABC, which was at, at a time probably the most common popular way for us to get our entertainment, but that's changed. I, I did start at the SABC after studying in New York and coming back. I uh, worked there for a couple of years. Um, it is probably still the dominant form of entertainment for most South Africans. Um, I think things have changed, certainly for the upper echelon. I think um, people are kind of cutting cords, uh, not signing up to pay TV in the first place, and um, moving a lot more to um, streamers online like Netflix and Showmax, and that's and and kind of creating their own entertainment menu and not being fed a particular diet at a particular time, uh, so you can um, you know enjoy things at your leisure. Um, I think so. Competition has increased. Um, I think audiences have, audiences have fragmented. They're kind of bits and bobs floating all over the place. And I think it's a very exciting time to to be in South African film and television. Um, I think we've been a kind of, in our minds at least, a backwater um, in terms of the global television market. We haven't been really um, huge participants in that. And more and more, I think uh, people are finding interest in our stories um, and our shows. Uh, I think that's been helped by um, films like Black Panther, um, but it's also been helped by foreign language shows that have done really well on Netflix, uh, like Narcos. So I think it's uh, it's a very exciting time to be in this business. It is an exciting time, but just before we look at some of the projects that you're working on, including The Girl from St. Agnes, um, the kinds of things when you are a commissioning editor for the SABC, who, who is your target market then, and what are the kinds of things that you did then that you wouldn't do now? <laughs> um, I, it's a, it's a complicated question because the SABC has a number of channels, um, and the kinds of things you're looking for would vary based on the channel and based on the time slot. Um, I think also the SABC's mandate to be a public broadcaster ha- always informs the decisions as a commissioning editor, and I think, um, I think I, to be honest, a little bit, over-censoring. Um, I think um, there was a kind of bureaucratic fearfulness, which I think is a problem in any large organization, um, a desire to kind of um, just keep things safe rather than um, get things to be as exciting and as entertaining as they can be. And I think there can be a bit of a trade-off there. So I'm much more um, commercially minded, I would say now. I'm looking for uh, bums on seats and I'm looking for exciting things that um, that push the boundary that 
um, that, like St. Agnes, you know, is much more risque than anything I would have dreamed of doing at the SABC. Shall we talk a little bit about that? Because um, it's uh, it's extremely popular. Um, but you made it specifically for Show Max. Mm. Uh, and I remember um, Harriet saying that it was inspired by her growing up in uh, Pretoria School. Uh, uh, convent, I think it was. St. Mary's. St. Mary's, yes. I was going to remember it was DSG or St. <laughs> Mary's, okay. Um, so, um, obviously, when you're making something for Showmax, it comes in episodes. How do you write and produce in terms of episodes, or do you do the story and cut and paste as you go along? We have to design it very carefully. Um, in terms of cliffhangers, um, so you want each episode as it ends to be at such a point in the story where people will click play the next one. Um, it's called binging. Um, it's not, uh, I think it's, you know, common parlance now. Everyone um, knows it. It was a term that no one knew a few years ago, and now it's just how people watch. So it's very much designed to be as addictive as possible. Um, I think one of the heads of Netflix uh, was uh, was saying recently that uh, Netflix's competition is sleep, <laughs> and <laughs> and he says and we're winning, which I don't know if if that's uh, something you should be proud of necessarily, but it is showing that people are in, are really uh, enjoying the content. Um, I think in terms of the kind of show it was, we really wanted to do something that would. Uh, position Showmax as a different kind of provider of content. So it's not something that you would expect to see on SABC, certainly, um, or even on MNET. And um, the other thing that was a big um, goal for the for the streamer was to bring in a younger audience. So it's the people that we know are online, that we know are kind of digital natives and uh, millennials. And so the idea of setting it in a private school um, to speak to that kind of audience, but also hopefully bring in the parents who are very interested in what their children are up to. Um, so, uh, so we were trying to get a crossover audience with a kind of skew towards the younger. Um, at the same time, we knew that the show would have to travel internationally. Uh, we had an international distributor who was putting in money and then wanting to take it and sell it um, around the world. And so there was an element of, of thinking was this something that would work um, elsewhere? And we didn't try and create a show in that way, but we tried to to kind of make sure that it fit um, where it could. So it wasn't the primary objective. And we thought the private school setting, uh, kind of this posh boarding school in the Natal Midlands, um, privileged backgrounds and um, kind of, you know, entitled kids and um, cell phone addiction and a sex and, and bad language was something that anyone could relate to around right. the world. So, um, so those were all the factors that kind of went into it. And we also wanted to do something that was, um, that had a hook that you immediately could see, uh, was going to be interesting over, over the length of the episodes, but also bring in really important social themes. I call it Trojan horsing the audience. So no one wants to hear about toxic masculinity when they're relaxing after a hard day's work, but we brought it in into the story in a kind of hopefully compelling way. Um, as the producer, what is your job? Nobody knows what a producer does. <laughs> I was feeling so insecure a second ago, and now I feel much more reassured. Nobody knows. People know what the writer does. People know what the director does. Uh, people know what actors do. The producer is the first person in the in the room and the last person um, to walk away from the project. We are 
um, involved in the creative aspect of it, um, whether it's generating ideas, uh, optioning books that we think would make a good ap- adaptation, working with writers, coming up with their ideas ourselves. And then the next stage is taking that out to potential funders. So that's the broadcasters, it's private equity investors, uh, it's the National Film and Video Foundation for feature films p- primarily. It's um, distributors, as I mentioned, and also to to government where there is an incentive to create local content. So once you have the money in place, then you start writing. You bring the writing team on board. So first comes the money. Um, absolutely. I mean, you need the a idea, great idea. The idea, the money, and then the actual yeah. work. It's not always 100% like that. Sometimes someone comes, arrives with a bag of money and says, we want to do this. That's always good. Um, <laughs> but generally, the idea leads the process. And once you start writing, uh, the producer's role is to keep the vision um, for the show, knowing what the potential, what the investors and clients and broadcasters will want at the end of the day to make sure that they get what we've been promising them, um, and also to ensure that it's the best story we can make. So it's um, it's kind of keeping the writers on the straight and narrow, um, trying to support them emotionally, um, trying to give them um, critical feedback in a way that makes them feel inspired and excited rather than depressed and, and <laughs> suicidal. And um, it's followed by a casting process. Uh, casting, any of these can overlap to some extent. Sometimes you'll start with a star. Um, up front, and that's how you got your money. It's less common in South Africa. Usually the casting happens next, um, and then we'll work. We'll go through all the audition tapes and debate who, what you pictured for the character. Are we trying to cast someone who is how we pictured, or should we cast someone unexpected that, that isn't who you would have thought would play that role? Um, and often that works quite a lot better than kind of casting down the line. And and then we um, hire the directors who may already have been brought on board and kind of set them loose on set, having done the budget, the schedule, um, putting all the equipment into place, putting the locations um, and all the kind of infrastructure that is required. It's, it's a big team. Um, there are a lot of people behind the scenes working incredibly long hours and um, all of that has to be managed. Um, and then... Of course, there's post-production where you edit it. We talk about the music. We talk about the pace. We talk about which scenes we're going to drop. We're going to, you know, do we need a voiceover here? Do we want, um, you know, this this uh, to be done on a um, on CGI or whatever the case is? Uh, and then we final mix and, and grade and really make the show as beautiful as we can. And then the marketing starts, um, potentially overlapping with that end of the process as well, getting it out there in the world. Um, and then... Um, trying to make the money come in and uh, and keep the process going, make sure the rights are still in place when it's sold internationally, deliver the content to the broadcaster. Um, so it's – and that process can be 10-year cycle. I was going to say, I mean, just some of the things that were shared when you and um, Harriet spoke at, at Limwood were, for example, Harriet envisaged the girl initially to be half Jewish. Yes, and then yes. due to some technicality, <laughs> it was scrapped. And also, I think you spoke also about the frustrations of finding young actors and actresses and, you know, then possibly even growing and looking different mm. from the beginning of the film. Also, the, 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 the filming in the Midlands versus the filming here in Johannesburg. And there's so many considerations. Okay, I imagine you need a good sense of humor. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and resilience. And yeah. resilience. But... Something like 
uh, the girl from St. Agnes? From beginning to end, how long was it? So this was quite unusually fast as a process. Um, we had pitched something to Showmax, um, and then when we saw the, their audience break down, we thought it wouldn't work as well for them. So I had to go in and unpitch a show, which is the first time I've done that. Um, I was successful. They agreed. Uh, in fact, they were going to call us and say the same thing. Um, and then we said, well, but... Um, we don't want to do that. We don't think that will work right now. But what about this? And we pitched it in the room. It was a 10-minute conversation. They could see it immediately. They could see the world. They could see the audience for it. And they said, cool, let's do it. And that was great. So it's good for that to happen quickly. But the rest of the process was also incredibly fast. So first of all, Showmax delivers all its episodes in one go. Right. Um, Otherwise, you couldn't binge. Otherwise, you couldn't binge, exactly, um, as opposed to a linear broadcaster, which you can deliver even once the show started airing. And we had to deliver all of them, and we had to do that within 11 months. And how many episodes were there? It's eight one-hours. Eight one-hours. So to go door-to-door in 11 months is extraordinarily fast. And, and if they're eight one hours, you need seven cliffhangers, which must be quite <laughs> yes, deep, and deep a great ending. Yes, yeah, well, we were not worried about the ending at the moment because <laughs> <laughs> that's the end. But um, do, do the cliffhangers, do they get screened when you? Is that the final stage when you're sitting there thinking, right, we've got? Well, we write them. Minutes. We have to write them. We have to know afterwards. No, no, we have to write them before in the scripts. We have to know. Okay, what are we going to end this episode with? Is it a strong enough ending? Um, is there enough drama? Is there enough reveals? Is there enough shock? Is there enough mystery um, to then pull us into the next episode? So it's very um, well choreographed. And um, I, I think it's one of the things where um, often the writer will see the whole story in their minds. And it's something that we as a producer sometimes have to say, okay, episode one, you know, we've really got to have a strong ending here. We've got to do. So um, they see the huge big story and we've got to kind of break it down a little bit. And in terms of filming, because 11 months, you said is unbelievably quick, considering like earlier you're talking about up to 10 mm. years. Um, do you do your filming in the Midlands at the time? Do you know when you're going to the Midlands or whichever setting you're using? We're doing this for episode one, Four, seven, and ten, yes. and then do all those episodes there, and then come back. And I mean, yes, you in your to, mind, can mm. you, how do you jump time? Yeah, it's and the actors have the same problem, right? <laughs> so you schedule the the show, and you know, okay, we're going to be in the Midlands for these number of weeks. Everything that happens um, that we have decided needs to happen there must be shot at that time because we're not going back. There's no time. There's no money. And um, the stuff that's happening in Joburg, we know we can do before and after, and we plan it accordingly. And the actors, you know, um, as a result, you can't shoot in sequence, right? So you say, okay, and it's it's not just KZN versus Joburg. It's no. like we're doing the house, you know, the school teacher's house today. So we need to do this scene, this scene, this scene, and this scene. And you go from a tender love scene to, you know, an attempted murder <laughs> to, you know, a quiet chat. I, and the actors kind of get emotional whiplash, but that's what, uh, that's their job. Um, we don't have much time left, but I'm thoroughly enjoying the conversation. But I would like to know what you are working on next. Sure. Um, so we've got a couple of things um, on the horizon. Uh, we have a serial killer series with Mnet. Um, and why not? Uh, why not? Um, also set in KZN, which is 
really, really beautiful scripts and has an international actress that I can't mention at this point, but we, we're going to have someone from overseas. Um, Not that our own talent isn't brilliant, but it's nice to have an international talent as well. Uh, Absolutely. It's, it's nice to get out there and, and get foreign audiences interested Mm. that they wouldn't be otherwise. Mm. Um, and we have dinner date season two coming up. We have a, a telenovela for SABC two coming up and we've, um, Got a, a murder mystery set in Cape Town, um, in in Bishop's Court, a oh. privileged and and rather interesting world. If anybody would like to see um, the girl from Saint Agnes, or contact you, or know more about anything that you do, sure. Um, so the girl from Saint Agnes is on Showmax. You can stream it any time. Uh, there's a two week free subscription that you can get if you haven't uh, already used it up on Tully's Wedding Diaries and uh, anyone can reach out to me at nimrod at quizzical.co.za I should say we don't take new ideas necessarily unless it's an experienced writer Nimrod, thank you so much for joining me Thanks Sharice, I've really enjoyed it